discover Star Trek Discovery with us as we recap and critique the episodes with a little sass and humor. Okay, maybe a lot of sass and laughter. Ready to laugh with us? Hello and welcome to Trekkie and Beyond, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Monika. And I'm Andrea, and welcome to episode 13 of season three, The Hope That Is You, part two. <sighs> this is the last episode of the season, of season three, and everything that we have learned from the season is coming to an end. The Emerald Chain is tightening its grip on Discovery, the crew is trying to fight back, and Michael is trying to save the world like she always is. So let's go ahead and break into, oh, and I forgot, we find the answer to the burn. We'll get into that. So before we get further into, as you can tell by my voice, the awesome episode that, that episode 13 is, initial reactions. Monica, what did you think? I know you're being facetious right there, but I do think this is an action-packed, but a three-episode finale. I feel like just like this episode alone was not the finale. It was like leading into the last three episodes helped to lead to this finale. But the big, come, the big takeaway for me is, Bing, bing, the Wicked Witch is dead. Because Asira kept reminding me of the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz with the green. Oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> finally, a character dies that needs to die. So, <laughs> so I have that going for me. There's a few other roller coaster rides in this episode. I'm looking forward to talking to you more about it. Okay, that's who she reminded me of. Yes, she reminds me of the Wicked Witch. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out all this. Like, why, why does she look like someone? I, like, I just can't, I just couldn't picture it. And no other Orion looked like, like reminding me of her except Osira. That is a good point out. Yes, great point out. Between her skin color and they, they added some green hair in between her black hair. And then also her, her nails, the black nails are pointed. Like it just totally yes. reminded me yes. of Wizard of Oz. I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> um, so for me, my initial reaction is, are you serious? This is, that's what, that's what we're going to do. Like I, that's how we're going to end the season. We're going to say this person's responsible for the burn. That's what we're going to do. Um, if we had never learned what the burn, what caused the burn, I think I would have been okay with everything else that happened. But because of what they, how they, who they made responsible for the burn, I would have preferred it to be Navarre, to, it to be like a chemical reaction gone bad. Um, I would have preferred it to be something else more tangible than the reason that they gave us. And we'll go further into that as the episode goes on. But I was very much, I would have preferred this to be an action-packed episode of just Starfleet fighting with Osira and taking the Emerald Chain down all episode. I would have so much have more preferred that this uh, for the season finale than what they gave us by trying to include the burn, the cause for it. Because we technically learned the cause of the burn two episodes ago it was implied but we all knew what it was mm -hmm. and I was really hoping that I was wrong and I'm not and I'm pissed so let's go ahead and do a deeper dive <laughs> into this episode and we'll save the burn for the end because I know I can probably just yell for that one so basically Starfleet is in the fight with Osira and Vance is like 
that's it. We can't, we can't risk them taking that ship away. So it's like, we can't have it. No one can. He's ordering um, Starfleet to attack, um, to attack the USS Discovery, um, regardless of the fact that the crew was still on there. Um, the crew was on there trying to take back the ship. We have, um, we have Osiris, we have Osiris people sort of turning on her. Like, I know that you have more inside of you and she chokes the crap out of him. <laughs> like there's a lot that's going on on Discovery, which would have just made the, for me, that's all I needed for this episode. I needed, I needed Osiris to be the big bad and then for them to be taking her down because I, I loved it. Um, there was another sci-fi movie scene that I that came to mind when they were fighting in all like the elevators and they were like outside the turbo lift. And side note, did you think the inside of a ship looked like that? Because I didn't think the shafts would have looked like that. No, I agree. It I didn't I wasn't expecting like these big gaps yeah. between all of the sections. I would think that that would I don't know, been built out with some other- Like a building, right? Yeah, like some functionality, some purpose. Like it just, it, it, so that whole scene reminded me of, um, I don't know if you've seen the new Total Recall. It's not new, but the more recent one, not the one with Honor Schwarzenegger, but the one with, uh, can't think of it, Kate Beckinsale and like came out like maybe four or five years ago. Um, there's a scene where they're fighting in a building and the elevator system looks exactly like that. And it looked, um, I was like, oh wait, this is Total Recall all over again. And I was like, it's so cool because that's like a sci-fi movie set in the future. And I was like, oh, okay. This is definitely the same type of fighting on a turbo lift and it's going, it's going straight, it's going up, it's going down. It just reminded me of that. Um, what did you think of what was happening on Discovery? Like, what did you, that fight, the fight scene, Osira? Vance attacking. What did you think? Well, speaking of movies that like this, like these scenes reminded me of like other movies. I noticed that the the elevator scene again, in this case, the turbo lift, reminded mm -hmm. me of Die Hard. Like when she hopped down the middle, she jumped down the middle and she was attacking. Um, so yeah, there's an openness, but that the fighting within that elevator and down the corridors. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that kind of reminded me of that. I thought that um, once again, Michael and Book make a great team. They do. Uh, you could tell that they have had um, previous like fight. strategies and battles and fights together um, because they were able to make connections and communicate with each other without talking about exactly the, the next move. Like, okay, we're gonna go with plan B, whatever that is. And we'll, mm -hmm. we're, as, as, um, as the watching audience, we're just along for the ride. We don't get the explanation of what they're doing. Like, oh, that's plan B? Okay, okay, let's do this. <laughs> um, and then also I like the, finally, Michael was reaching out to Tilly mm -hmm. and giving her, like a clue, a hint on the next move so that Tilly can help with it. So I'm thinking if Michael didn't really need Tilly, would she have reached out? But I'm glad she did. I'm glad now she's communicating with the rest and that Tilly and the rest of the bridge crew could help to, um, I guess, put the bomb in to, to, um, uh, to slow down the discovery ship so uh, Asara could catch up. Sorry. 
No, no, no. I wanted to add on to what you, to what you just said about um, if she needed Tilly. I think it was one of the things where Michael's finally learning to trust other people um, because I thought about it when I was watching it. I was like, well, if you were going to restart, did they need to blow them out of warp? Because if you just restarted the computer, you could have pulled yourself out of warp anyway. But it was like one of the, it was like a fail safe. Either Tilly was able to blow them out of warp and they, they could destroy the ship so Osiris couldn't have it. Or Michael could retake the ship before they blow it up so it's like oh michael's like hey we have plan a and plan b we're both we're gonna try and make both of these work because we need to stop osira so i thought that was a good um because like technically i was like michael if your plan worked you didn't need to blow the ship out of warp because you could have just taken the ship out of warp when you restarted the the, the ship so i like that because you're right because she didn't really need her but it, i think it showed that michael was starting to trust other people right with the plan and not just her being mary sue right i was hoping though that tilly would ask the robots to make the ultimate sacrifice <laughs> and um, uh, deliver the 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 bomb to the air so that they could then like still take turns breathing with that with the um very carefully with that one oxygen oxygen regulator that they had um but I guess it, I, I remember one vague line stating that the robots couldn't travel down there because of radiation, but I thought that was a stretch. No, it was the magne the um, magnization. They were like, as in they couldn't make it there because they could be pulled apart before they make it there. I think that's what they were trying to say. Like the robots literally, there was a chance if the magnization was on or whatever, that they couldn't do it. Not that they weren't able to, right. but like physically impossible, medically or mechanically <laughs> impossible to make it because the magnets would interfere with like their processors or whatever. Right. But I am glad that one of the robots, once again, the spear data is here to save the day yes. and help uh, pull Joanne, who actually delivered the bomb, who installed the bomb, um, Joanne back to the rest of the team in safety. So the robot was able to maneuver a bit to, to help save the day, but, um, and, and Tilly also realized she couldn't finish it on her own. Mm -hmm. Um, they should have also realized earlier that by talking so much and moving so much that we use up more oxygen, but I was along for the ride. <laughs> it was a nice adventure and it was nice to see them all bond and see Tilly's leadership um outside of the formal captain's chair yes um it definitely was because we see that tilly is a force to be reckoned with and i like that because like the tilly we met in season one and the tilly that we have now are very are two very different tillies and i'm i'm so pleased to see that she's much more forceful um she's much more uh diplomatic is not the word i'm trying to think of but she's uh, she's more strategic like she can really just like okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. X, Y, Z, get it done. Versus, um, so I think we should, um, so, oh, um, instead of it being like that, where right. she just always was sort of like unsure of what she was going to say and, um, not actually knowing how to finish a sentence <laughs> or rambling too much, she was able to be concise. Uh, this is what we have to do. This is how we're going to complete it. Let's figure it out. I will say I do agree with her telling the whole story about how Michael, about how sad she was on her birthday. We didn't need to know. We didn't need to know the story. You wasted oxygen on that one. Right. Like you could just say, "Oh, that's for me." We, Michael saying something from last year. 
oh, it's fireworks, bomb. We need to blow the thing up. I didn't need you to waste more oxygen telling me about how sad you were on your birthday last year. So you hid in the tube. I didn't need to know that. Right. Did not need to know that at all. Right. Whatsoever. <laughs> that added nothing to the action that was going on. Yeah. Um, but there's two more scenes that I like to talk about. And that's um, the scene with Michael fighting with Asira. Mm-hmm. And then... I guess Asira pushing Michael into the programmable matter because it took me a little while to understand what that what all of those cubes mm-hmm. were what the pur- the purpose of that room and uh that cubed wall and so that's the data core but Asira pushed Michael into the programmable matter I I guess she thought that Michael was gonna die there yeah but and that reminds me people. of some other scene from another movie. It just didn't come to my mind at that moment. And still that Star but, Wars, the maybe <laughs> can't think when he was like encasing that thing. Right. But Michael still had her phaser inside and uh, mm-hmm. fired out blind and hit Asira. And at least uh, she was killed. Um, and it's def. I think she's definitely dead. <laughs> I would have double tapped the head just to be on the safe side. Zombie land rules. Double tap. Pop, pop. You're real dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a nice action scene and uh, helped to put closure, I think, to the Emerald Chain. You know, if someone else decides to rule it, that's a whole other thing. But at least she's out um, of that leadership role. Um, and then also Zayeth? Zareth? The guy from the Wild Wild West episode. Oh, he's dead and I'm so happy. Yes. <laughs> I like, though I would have rather again to see him physically die because we just see him fall. And last time we didn't see his death. Um, he was like, You're, that, that's a death sentence. And he didn't die. So the fact that we didn't actually see him die is like a pattern with him. And I sort of wish we saw his death so we can like a hundred, like saw his dead body. Like what if he hit the thing at the right angle and only broke a leg or something? I don't know. It's his face, so right. whatever. Right. Like, I just, I'm hoping he's dead. I'm hoping he's dead. I so hope he's dead, but because we didn't see his dead body and the fact that last time we saw him in the episode is like, oh, that's a death sentence. And he didn't actually die. And we think that he fell again to his death, but we didn't actually see him die. Part of me is like, don't you bring him back? Don't you bring him back next season? Like, oh, I didn't die. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to see it, Star, Star Trek. I don't want to see it. <laughs> so I just thought of something funny. So what if like her, his body splattered onto some engineering part and then Jet had to clean it up? Like she was picking on the other guy. If you like many episodes ago, I think at a very beginning about cl- cleaning up Leland's body. <laughs> Like if it was brought her back around full circle and Jet had to do that. That actually would be <laughs> and then hilarious. We knew for, and then we know for sure that he's dead. <laughs> yes, I would have loved that. I would love that. Um, so we also see that within Starfleet, Vance really, I love Vance's no, um, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I I feel like the Starfleet really does need this. It really does need um, a person who is not emotionally connected, or even if he is, still understands that 
you can't risk your technology falling in the hands of the enemy just because you don't want to lose your crew because they get that spore drive because we see the old guy who i have to admit um from the episode with Giorgio that he's not evil apparently i thought i i, I was putting my money on that he was evil and i was wrong i'm ex- I'm, I'm accepting that um that he's like we can't blow up the spore drive that was our connection to unite the rest of the um rest of the universe back together and vance is like yeah no we can't let but we can't let osira have it um and i love that he understands that sometimes you're in a no-win situation and you have to make the hard decisions and actually do the hard thing and not talk about okay well if we we might have to blow them up like no blow them up attack fire destroy like Vance is like look we live in a world where we don't have the luxury of hoping and praying that everything's going to work out on the end the hard decision needs to be made and I love that there is an admiral that can make the hard decision right and that actually reminds me that a few episodes ago Tilly actually told Asira I would rather blow up discovery than give it to you yes 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 (laughs) Tilly and Vance are on the same page (laughs) It's like, if I can't have it, no one can. And this is actually a good reason this time because we can't allow this technology to fall in the hands of our enemy. And also, I I understand why they kicked Paul off the ship. I really do. I understand why Vance took Paul as far as ways he possibly could from the ship. But... Did no one think to tell Paul that Hugh and uh, Adira decided to stay there? Did no one think to tell Paul the truth of what is going on? Why would you allow him to believe they were left behind on accident, that they need to go back and save them immediately? Why did it? Because I don't, did Michael ever tell him that Adira gave them more medicine so they can survive longer? Did, so I'm like, you, you, it's not what you did. It's how you did it. And you basically made Paul believe that his life, because they basically in, adopted Adira. That's their dot, that's their dot, their child. Um, the, and so his husband and his child is on this planet and he doesn't know. And he doesn't know that they have more medicine to survive down there. That um all like he doesn't know. And it's a level of disrespect to your friend that's like, I'm trying to save your life, but like under like two seconds and all the time it took you to force him off the ship, you couldn't have said, oh, and Book told me that Indira went down there with more medicine. So they're going to survive. So we just need to get you away from the ship so that way she can't use it to go further away and then we can go back and get them. Like there was no talk of that, like no whatever. Right. Was, and just, keep in mind too, Micah was too busy sending messages to her mom to send messages to Vance or anyone else <laughs> to let them know what was going on. Um, and then also Paul was just like brainwashed. He just had that crown yeah. thing over his head. So he was completely out of consciousness mm-hmm. to know what was going on. And he came to, and I think it's, he was still trying to catch up to what in the world was going on here and how do I save my husband and my adopted daughter and the rest of Discovery like this is just way like he just thought I have a power can I use my engineering skills to help save the day because I don't fault Paul for being angry 
at Michael to not wanting to hug to hug her to not wanting to be her friend anymore because you she basically showed that she doesn't have the like she can have compassion for herself and when she wants to but when she thinks she's right is like the other people don't warrant an explanation her actions don't always warrant an explanation. And sometimes you do have to break it down to people. You can waste all this time telling Book how much you love him and all this crap because you need the time to say goodbye, but you can't tell Paul that, hey, don't worry, I have a plan. We're gonna try and save Discovery, but you need to be away so that way they can't use it to jump somewhere else. But, and Daryl went down there, they have more medicine, they can survive a bit longer. Instead of letting Paul think his family's not dead. Like you, like really, really, I just, to me, it's like, it's not what you did because I understand the way the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and that Hugh and Saru decided to stay back. I understand that. Did you ever tell Paul that? No. <laughs> <laughs> like you just said, they're still there. Like sometimes for people to really understand what's going on in their life, you have to explain the situation to them. Right, and I think that's the responsibility of there I say it, a captain is to communicate well. And yes. Pike was really good at that. Georgia, yes. what we know of, it was really good at that. So <laughs> like, Goodness. it just, yeah, it was, <sighs> okay, okay. So it seems like it's a good spot to stop because I'm, I can yell forever about Paul because I just wanted to give him the hug this episode because seeing him literally dragged away screaming to help his family was very hard. I was like, oh, Paul, I just want to give you a hug. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to have a quick cry. And then we'll be back to talk about the rest of this episode, about what happened on the verb in Nebula and what the, the fact of what actually caused the burn. And you're going to hear me yell about that. And the end of the season. So we have a lot to discuss when we come back. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Trekkie and Beyond. Okay, guys, we are here for part two of this episode. And we have a lot to discuss, maybe some good, maybe some bad, maybe we like it, maybe we don't, we don't know yet. So this whole half is about the nebula and Hugh and Saru and Indira, they're all there. And then we also get to meet a, another face. And it's it was a very sort of, even a little emotional. I got my little cold dead heart started beating for a second when Gray arrived. It's like, oh, you found them. And we get to see that Hugh is like, oh my gosh, Gray. And Gray gets just like, oh my gosh, you can see me. And they have like a little hug and he feels like another person besides Indira. That was a beautiful scene. Um, we get to see Saru try and uh, connect with Sukal over their shared culture and trying to let him know that he's actually a Kelpian who just looks like a human. Um, seeing Saru connect with Sukal through his grief through their um, almost sort of shared experiences of just trying to get him to trust him um, was really sweet. Um, helping Sukal overcome his greatest fears, helping Sukal understand um, that he was never meant to be there for as long as he was, that stuff happened. And because of what happened, because of the burn and because the burn happened, that's why he was stranded here for so long. Not that anyone really forgot about him, but no one had the resources to really figure out what happened and come get him. Um, it was a 
sort of beautiful storytelling of just trying to reconnect someone back to the world because after being alone for over a hundred years, yeah. it's very hard to start believing that's something you gave up on. Like you were never supposed to be there for more than a couple of years by yourself. And really you ended up being there your for most of your life alone. He felt, yeah, he felt abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot. Um, and then we also go into that so call. I was right. And I hate that I was right. And I think this is a huge cop out. And I just really hate that this is the reason of the burn that Sukal caused the burn when his mother passed and he saw her dead body and he screamed in um, pain, but because like in pain and hurt and fear, but because he's genetically connected to the dilithium that we find out and because he was able to survive the radiation on the planet that um, his scream on the same wavelength as all the dilithium caused the burn. So they put they freaking put the death of millions of people on a child losing his mom. Are you serious? Like, is the disconnection of the universe, the, um, oh, the, the, the mess that the universe has fallen into, the, all of the problems they're putting it basically on the shoulder of a child. And regardless of intent, because you can tell someone it wasn't your fault all day long. It was, it was, it was his fault. It was not, he didn't do it on purpose. He didn't even know that he did it. It, um, he didn't mean to do it and he doesn't want to do it again, but it was still his fault. It was because, and because that's the way it was written. And I think this was the huge, huge cop-out of, of um, what they could have done. They could have made this any other reason. They could have said that it was unstable because the ship landed there. You know, it started breaking up. They could have done anything else, but make, a, make it a child's grief. A child's grief at losing his parent, his only parent, the last person that he knew alive. Like that was... I just, I just really, really, really hate the reason, the cause of the burn. The rest of the episode of learning about this, of connecting with Sukal, that was great. Um, seeing Gray in person and having him connect with uh, Hugh, great. Everything else, great. The cause of the burn, I think this was a cop-out. I think they couldn't think of it a better reason, so they just did this. I, this, I didn't like it. What about you? What did you think? <clears throat> I was underwhelmed with that conclusion with, because we knew that he was gonna be connected to the burn. Um, I grieved with him when I saw his mother mm -hmm. pass and knowing also there were other people on that ship and just like the bodies were just laying there. Um, and he had fear this whole time of going into that room he couldn't exactly remember why. It's just a, a, a bad scene happened there. So there was a ghost inside of him that was projected out. Um, I was wondering if this is somehow connected to like the pandemic and stuff because they kept mentioning the outside and he was afraid to go outside and 
and other things. And I know that this was uh, written in 2020 and then um, produced in 2020. So I don't know if there's a, it's a stretch. I'm not mm. seeing it. I don't connect as much to this aspect of the story. One of the things that I did connect with though, is the fact that each one of the Starfleet characters that beamed there into the, into the nebula changed their, their physical look was different. Mm -hmm. So it also showed that on the inside, like they're still themselves, but they could also look differently to other people, but they're still deep down inside themselves. So I think for me, that was more of a cultural connection mm -hmm. that I, I liked because we should look more at everyone's character more so than the way they look, what species they're connected to, if they're human or not. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also Sukha was learning that too, that Saru didn't look like him, but is connected to him. Yeah. And so that's the part I liked. Um, so Gray became Vulcan mm -hmm. and Adira became, and I'm going to completely mispronounce the species. So I'm not even going to try right now, but basically became a um, queen pose species. Mm -hmm. And so that I liked, I also, I like prosthetics and I like the, um, I don't know, the seeing other species. So I, I like to mm -hmm. see those actors. And I think it's hard for actors to then go from, I think one type of mannerisms to another type right? yeah. mm -hmm. to change. Um, so I, I like seeing Hugh with the nose, with the changes in his nose and the earring and like his, his posture was different. Um, and he was outside of his medical uniform. So I like that aspect. I'm with you. I didn't connect as much with the whole premise behind the fact that Sukal, a child, started this, this uh, craziness and, uh, and basically the, the change in the universe. Um, and, and I also know, though, that his mother tried the best for him. You could yeah. not have asked for a like, better mom. Yes. yes. <laughs> he laid out all the foundation, everything that she could do just in that ship. Um, because the rest of the planet was, um, it's just a dilithium core, like mining field. So there's no other minerals out there. And she made a safe space haven for her child. So yeah, that's what I liked <laughs> the segment. Um, yeah, his uh, Sukal's mom was uh, the video that she left um, when for the people who come to rescue her son um, was beautiful, and it was great to see Sukal to see Saru for the first time. It was like you weren't telling, like you weren't lying. You're telling the truth. You're really here. You're like me to see Sukal have that um, first connection with someone like him was beautiful. I agree. I, like you said, I grieved with him when he lost his mother. Cause that was painful. Um, it was, it was hard to watch. I was like, just to see a kid lose their parent and literally is like, it's not like he lost his parent and still had like his, another, like his uh, uh, uncle or someone else there. Like he was alone. That was the last living actual person, um, there with him. Um, it was, heartbreaking to see how gray was upset when um the hollow was going to be deactivated because he was like i'm finally 
like for him it was different to be seen only be seen by Indira but now like I want to be seen by other people and Hugh can connect to that he can connect to that with Gray about not being really there being dead but not being dead and he's like we'll find a way um to bring you back and I thought that was really beautiful um that was a little heartbreaking too because I just wanted to hug Gray I was like no Gray don't go nowhere it's okay come, come, come in we love you we love you um it was um and I just, here's in my mind how I thought the burn should happen if you're going to connect to a person. I felt like there should have been someone on the planet who was like a, who was like a native of the planet who was protecting all the dilithium. And because like someone was trying to come and like, he thought they were trying to steal. And so he blew it up so that way they couldn't take it, but didn't realize like, but like knew what, like someone who intentionally caused it. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for intent. I agree. I was still hoping that um, someone connected the Queen Poe was there, like helping to like just protect this mineral because she just seemed so connected to that. And I just thought that it was a great way to tie in the previous season, but it, no, the writers went in a different direction. In my opinion, the wrong direction. Because again, you can't put that mark. You can't put the deaths of millions of people on a child. You just can't. You just you can't do that and call it closure. Right. Like, and it's not even just the death of millions of people because he changed. Like if it, if they still had the lithium, maybe Osiris wouldn't enslaved. Yeah. A lot of people. Like it just changed the face of the universe yes the like everything the way earth like he caused so much suffering there are people who are still suffering today because of his actions that he didn't even intend to do so and, and to, in my mind it's not closure because especially when you believe for so long that it was done by like that you no one caused it like no one really truly meant to cause it this was an accident and how do you how do you get closure from after 125 years from an accident how do you get real closure from my life is in ruins our planet is starving how how because of a kid losing his mom what how do you not want something more than that how how, how do you say that's enough i don't know I, that's just that's just me i just feel like this wasn't enough to heal starfleet like like how right. michael said like we, we're going to try starfleet can't be whole until we know what really happened can you be whole knowing that a kid lost his mom and that's what caused the burn can <laughs> you be whole with that knowledge of knowing that it took like he killed millions of people inadvertently but he still did because he was sad well, now Sue calls and going to need a lot of counseling and healing mm -hmm. because he know we know that he knows that this is on his shoulders, but also he has to relocate to a place with re with real people, mm -hmm. with real Kelpians, <laughs> with real Kelpians, and also just integrate with society and become, uh, I don't know, more his age because he hasn't, I don't think, developed like someone who's been yeah, like no, 125 he, he year old Kelpian. 
He's right? definitely more of a child. Like he doesn't know how to make their dishes because he's like the hollows never explained it correctly. And Saru has to walk him through how to make a traditional dish. Right. I was also thinking maturity, oh, yeah. um, interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's used to talking at things and saying stop and they stop talking. Like, I think it was really nice that at the end of the episode, when they all thought they were going to die and they were hugging and discovery after shooting out the warp core, I, I apologize. Let me recap this part before we jump into it. Um, discovery is able to shoot out their warp core. Apparently book can connect with the spore drive, but like, does he, my, there's a lot, I don't know how I'm gonna connect these two parts of this episode. So at the end of Sue calls, um, when he when they destroy the when they stop the hollow and they realize the ship is about to fall apart they're hugging and then we hear a message from discovery so back on discovery after michael kills osira um there she's able to restart discovery get control over it again um they but osira's ship ends up taking discovery onto their ship she tells uh they're back on the bridge she tells them to send a message to their allies because Navarre came to try to save them, but then immediately was like overrun because she was like, target their airlock with the pesticides. Asara is an evil little girl. Um, and they find out that they can jump because books empath abilities because the scientist who was on Asara's side is still there, but whatever. We're not going to get into that. Um, and we're going to trust him. Yes. But like book can use the machine, but like does he know how to like is it just something where you can just put your hands in and be like all right I'm gonna jump like it just seemed like it was not really this was a this was a hell mary this was a hell mary of hell marys (laughs) and they jump back to the nebula to save Saru, Hugh, Andira, and Sukal and then we get to see Sukal's reaction to seeing other ships. And there's like a line of ships as Discovery is like flying down. And I thought that was beautiful. Um, it was nice to see Sukal really see the universe. But at the same time, you killed all the people. But whatever, neither here nor there. <laughs> um, it was nice to see that Saru was like, he's taking time to help Sukal integrate back into society. So I think we saw a part of... Um, mm-hmm what what uh the kelpian planet and is how it looks more, much more futuristic now than what it used to because it used to just be like you know cuts and stuff on the sh- on the beach and now there is a full-on um like a little city down there which is very interesting i saw lights and stuff so i'm thinking it's like a city because they're sitting on a hill looking over right yeah kalinar is definitely um expanded and i think it's also because they're not restricted by the by the bowel yeah so now they're able to to grow like they should have been able to do a long time ago. And they're not fear fearing the Burhari. Yeah. Like they can survive that now. It's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and beautiful. Um, we see that Trill has joined the Federation again. We see that Navarre is in talks to join the Federation again. Um very interesting that we didn't actually see Michael's mom, even though she's the one who sent the message and sent all the bar. It's very, it was very interesting that the, we didn't actually see Michael see her mom. Um, okay we see, that, me too, but it was very interesting that she's the one who sent, that she sent the message to her and Navarre came, but we never, neither here nor there. Um, we see Paul and Hugh and Indira like hug like a family. 
And then we see Paul give Michael the stink eye, which I think is rightly deserved on Michael's end. And she's like frowns, like what? Like you literally made decisions for him and didn't explain anything that was going on. Regardless of the fact that they made the conscious decision to be down there, you never actually told him that. So I think Paul has the right to be mad at Michael because again, it's not what she did, it's how she did it. And I think it was like a really huge form of disrespect of like, I don't respect you enough to explain the full situation because I believe what I'm doing is more important. Um, and I think that's something that she still hasn't learned. Like she still can trust people, but I feel like it, she trusts them when it's convenient for her and not when she should just trust someone and like take the time to explain what is actually happening. Um, and we see that now she is the captain of discovery. And I don't know how I feel about that. Cause I don't think she's learned enough to become a captain to really, cause yes, she has learned to trust people more to like put faith in other people. But even with what she did with Paul, it sort of showed that she still does not, if it's not her way, it's like the highway. Like she does, she doesn't take the time to truly explain what's going on to people. I want her to be captain, I do, but I don't want her to be the captain that always makes mistakes. And even though Vance had made the point to say, your way still works, I think it's like, yeah, there's more than one way to get to, 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 get to 10. You can do five plus five, but you want to do two plus, two plus eight. So it's understanding that her way is different, but like, I don't know. I just feel like there is a, she's still lacking the, not humility, because that's not the word, because captains are not always like, you know, humble, but like she's lacking a sense of my way or the highway. She, or not lacking that. She has too much of that, of my way or the highway type thing. Or you need to tell me everything that's going on. Well, I, could, I didn't have to tell you everything. You should have trusted me. You can't have it both ways, Michael. You can't say you need all the information so you can make, so you, you deserve all the information so you can have made an informed decision, but at the same time, not tell other people all the information so they can be aware of what's going on. So that's my thought process. I don't think she's ready to be the captain yet. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully next season, season four, they tell me like she, like, you know, kicks it out of the water and I'm like, oh, I was wrong. I can eat my words. But I just don't know. I don't think that she's ready for being a captain. What about you? What do you think about the last couple of scenes that we saw in this episode? I like how they wrapped around the story to the very first episode with Lieutenant Sahel. And finally he's promoted and formally recognized because he was out yes. doing his job day after day yes. after day, folks. Yes without <laughs> I, I did cry. Without I, break, I teared up on that part with the old uniforms he uh, his he was following in the footsteps of his grandfather and uh he had hope and he mm -hmm. kept that hope alive if it was me folks I may have moved on <laughs> but um I'm glad to see that wrap around. Uh, and it goes to show that like Vance still, or whoever's the president of the Federation uh, did try to make it whole. Mm -hmm. Now that they had the lithium, they're not all bossy about it. Like, okay, now we have all of these colonies. Let's, let's correct this and make this right. 
Um, so that, um, I don't know, I had a sentimental moment right there. So that, that was, was nice. That was a very sentimental moment. That really was. <laughs> that was a very sentimental moment. Like, like oh, <laughs> right? it was quick and it didn't need to be long. It was perfect. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm disappointed though in the fact that Saru was captain for a while and he never really had the, I guess, given a lot by the writers to really yeah. show show his character shine as a captain, really become comfortable in that captain's chair. Because mm-hmm. he struggled with a, a, for a while of in that leadership role. He asked the, the, um, the computer about the qualities of, of um, prestigious captains and different things like that. And he struggled with his warp signature message like execute Mm -hmm. and stuff like that but it just I feel like the writers made it really easy for Michael and and I don't her characters had so many issues and I think also there there's members of the crew that still struggle with this whether it's Paul I can imagine there might be other um, members of the ship that still struggle with the roller coaster ride of of Michael of Michaelness <laughs> and captaincy because it seems like every season they have a new captain and I just feel like Saru should have stayed the captain and maybe yeah no I feel I, I agree I feel like Saru should have stayed the captain because like every season they literally have a new captain right right and every season we end with who's going to be the captain yeah <laughs> and we kind of started after Giorgio <laughs> our prime Giorgio passed away well who's going to be the captain like it just that's just been a big question it's just like Michael just sit so comfortably in that chair and she said let's fly and I was like oh this this was just too easy I just was hoping for um and I hope Saru can return Me too. I know he's helping Sukal settle in but I don't think he should give up his leadership role because he's he helped them to transition mm-hmm. to this timeline and and he's a really good negotiator yes um his diplomacy is right on point with the Vulcans with a few other things and he's helped Bell Michael and the crew out so many times oh my goodness I can go on and on so I just feel like Saru got the bad end of this um and I was just hoping for more with the writers and um but i also feel like i should not i should i definitely feel represented in the captain's chair i'm glad as a female i'm glad someone who worked her way up a black female i just want more for michael Uh, i'm torn so i definitely see what you're saying because there's always that adage of we always have to work twice as hard to get to get half as far and i feel like they put so many issues in Michael's path to make her seem like she's not a good captain or she's not ready to be a good captain because there are a lot of decisions that the writers have her make that she doesn't have to make it that way. The whole Paul situation, in my opinion, was handled so disrespect disrespectfully to him that Michael, if this was reversed, even when, you're, when your own mother called you out in front of people, she took the time to explain to you why she did it. and. Did you want to hear it? No, but did you deserve to hear it? Yes. So why could you afford that same that same 
stuff to him. Like he thought he was losing his entire family. Like Michael, whenever there's like the writers always say, whenever it's something with Michael, the whole crew has to stop for her and explain what's going on for her and give her the time to truly explain. But for anyone else, it just doesn't happen. And I just, she doesn't afford that same comfort to other people when it's not convenient for her. And it's just, I don't know why the writers write her that way. And it's very annoying that they they don't write her with some type of compassion for other people. So instead of saying, okay, everything will work itself out in the end, take the time. Cause that, that's like a running, that's her running flaw that she doesn't really have compassion when she doesn't want to. Like she'll, she'll have an issue with like pushing a friend out of start of, uh, uh, out of a airlock who is like saying, do it, kick me out now. Um, but doesn't like, I don't know if they write her in a contradictive manner all the time. And it's like, Oh, you're too close to this. You were too close to everything you've always done. Everything that you do, you're always too close to. It's always, oh, I'm not personally connected to it. It's your mother. That's why I should do it because it's my mother. You cannot have it both ways, Michael. Like they keep writing her in a contradictive manner. And I just don't like that because when you're in the captaincy, you cannot keep contradicting yourself. When you're in the captaincy, you have to know what you're doing. You have to feel, um, your crew needs to know that they can trust you, that you're going to explain what's going on. And the history that we have with Michael is that she never explains her actions to people. She defends her actions, but she doesn't explain her actions. And I don't think that's a good thing for a captain. I just, I don't know. That's just me. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Just one more point. Um, I'm a little worried now with Paul. Paul's not going to be the only game in town that knows how to operate this board drive now. I guess all of books people yeah everyone uh, can um (laughs) at least we know that book can so possibly um other members of his family and the planet they grew up with can operate this four drive um that's true also one wise book still on the ship like seriously you're not even a starfleet uniform why are you still on the ship book uniform (laughs) two (laughs) Two, we see that now Star, uh, Discovery's, um, Discovery's mission now is to give dilithium to all the planets because now they can jump outside of like the different zones to give all the other planets and the Federation and other planets of the colonies dilithium so that way they can reconnect the universe. So that's their new mission. Um, three, just like you said, is Paul, like, are they going to be able to re- re- replicate the spore drive now that other people can use it? It's... There's a lot of questions at the end of the season and we don't have time to discuss them all because that's a whole nother episode in itself. So any last thoughts before we come to the end of this episode? No, I'm looking forward to everyone. Check out our next episode featuring our recap of season three. So don't, so don't miss that. We're going to have a lot of fun discussing everything we loved, everything we hated, our most fun memories from season three. And then what we think maybe what we want to see happen in season four, because again, if you're new, we only watch these episodes as they um, in order. So we have not binge watched anything. So we know nothing about season four. (laughs) So I'm excited. I hope you guys are too. And as as always, because apparently I can't speak today. I'm Andrea. I'm Anika. And and live live long long and and prosper.
Hey guys, it's Andrea. Thank you for listening to the most recent episode of our podcast, Trekking and Beyond. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. If you enjoyed listening to us, please go ahead and support us by clicking that support button in the episode's description. We greatly appreciate it. As always, live long and prosper.